Thanks for tuning in. Um, I have a small confession to make. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mike is in Columbia, and Adam and I were left in charge with recording the podcast. Normally, I kind of like organize and set that up, but uh, me and Adam decided to uh, wait until the weekend instead of recording, you know, like Thursday, Friday. And we got busy, and uh, Adam reminded me late, not late, like sometime uh, in the middle of Sunday, and then I had stuff going on, and I forgot. So I didn't remember until 11 p.m. Sunday night. So I'm recording this live, or not, well, I guess it's always live from my perspective, but I'm recording this morning, um, Monday morning, to get this out to you today. So we have a few things going on. it's, it's kind of big news that Ford is not making uh, cars, or not planning to make cars in the future. Um, just a couple, you know, the uh, this weird sport hatch focus thing, and then the Mustang. Um, and so there's a lot of articles and people speculating as to why that might be. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, it might, it, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that seems crazy right now, but maybe it will seem smart, or maybe it will seem dumb in the future, but, uh, but yeah, it seems like Ford might have an easier time with cafe standards, um, and then they're, uh, allegedly, see, Mike's not here to, to kind of confirm or deny this, so I'm gonna make up, make up facts as I go, but, um, allegedly, I think we mentioned it last time a little bit too, they didn't have good margins on the cars, Um, and so, you know, if you're, if you're making vehicles and losing money or breaking even, that's not really a good, uh, a good business model. So, uh, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. We'll see, we'll kind of have to see what happens over the next few years. Um, yeah, I I was actually talking to somebody over the weekend who has a fusion energy and they were really, uh, it's, it's a 2013 and they were like thinking of like upgrading and stuff, getting a new one, trading it in. And there's a couple of things that they were upset about. One, they were upset, uh, not upset, but kind of disappointed about. One, the depreciation on the vehicle um, was quite substantial. And then uh, and then two, like, if there's no cars, um, there's not really anything for them to, like, switch to. And the SUV lineup does not have anything equivalent, right now anyway, um, to, you know, the Fusion Energy, which on its worst day still gets 40 miles to the gallon. So uh, I'm not exactly sure how Ford's going to approach this going, you know, going forward. There's a lot of speculation that people will, you know, Chevy will benefit from this a lot. Um, I actually think that maybe not, I don't know. I think potentially it could be like Mercedes and BMW and Audi that could benefit because the Ford sedans are kind of at the higher end of the price spectrum and so i mean would you which way would you rather go would you rather go and spend two three thousand dollars less which would be what is that like you know 10 bucks a month difference uh for most people and get like a and get a chevy or would you rather spend you know two three thousand dollars more again you know like 10 bucks a month more um and get a Mercedes, you know, C300 or C250 or an Audi A4 or, you know, a BMW 3 Series or something, right? Um, I mean, I think I know exactly what my choices would be, but I think that that's, uh, you know, I think the the 
fallout from that could be a little bit different than what people might be expecting. So anyway, yeah. So enough about Ford and all the and all those shenanigans. Um, Tesla, kind of an interesting. Uh, I don't know how many people actually follow the the finance world per se, but uh, Tesla had their earnings call last week, and some business analysts or uh, stock analysts were asking him questions about uh, the Model 3 and production and all this stuff. And Elon Musk basically said, oh, these are boring questions. We have this thing we're doing on YouTube, so I'm taking off. See ya. <laughs> he basically, uh, yeah, just shut down the analysts. And uh, he said, too, like, if you're, you know, if you're trying to trade this stock, he said this is not for you because he doesn't care about the stock price. And, yeah. That's, I mean, I guess that pretty much sums it up for the Tesla stock. They, they don't care. Um, although they, they kind of do care because that was, you know, kind of a big, a big infusion of money for them in the beginning. Um, and, and probably now still if they sell shares, but I haven't looked up the stats for that. So if anybody knows how much money Tesla is making off their stock, you know, send us a message or something. Um, so yeah, uh, let me see what else is going on. Um, uh, Ford actually, we shared this on Facebook. Ford released a kind of an interesting video of the test that its new Ranger um goes through. And just one second while I drink a sip of coffee here. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting. They actually said there's there's one series of tests which I can't imagine is only for the Ford Ranger, but you know they probably do this with other vehicles as well. But there's one series of tests where it was so violent that they have it, um, basically have the truck set up for autonomous driving because if they had people in it, it would injure the people. So that, that's kind of funny. That's probably something they do with, you know, even their fiestas and stuff, but it kind of makes for an interesting marketing bullet for the Ranger. Um, a lot of, uh, I keep trying to find out, like what I really want to know, there's two main things that I want to know. And that is when the Ranger Raptor is coming and when the Bronco is coming. And if the Bronco is going to be, uh, I, I really, I, I doubt this is going to be the case because everything is going unibody, but there's a small, there's a, there's a big part of me that is hoping that the Bronco is based on an F-150 chassis. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen, but you know, I'm going to hold out hope until it's absolutely <clears throat> proven wrong. Um, let me see. So we could talk about Chevy just a little bit. Um, Chevy, so, <laughs> well, actually, so we'll talk about Tesla again here real quick. Um, a company called Nikola Motor is suing Tesla for like $2 billion, with a B, dollars. Um, they, Nikola Motor Company has a semi is what their product is that is kind of uh, <clears throat> similar to Tesla's. And uh, and by similar, I mean very, very similar. Um, yeah, so I don't know what is going to... Tesla claims that this is like a frivolous, like laughable lawsuit, basically. Uh, and, you know, publicly they don't seem to be taking it seriously. But... Um, I don't know. I had a thought too. I'm gonna put my my tinfoil cap on here real quick, uh, cause uh, nobody's here to stop me. But you know, 
Tesla, they have been putting a lot of resources into the Model 3 and even, you know, still the Model S and, the, you know, just production, right? Um, and also the Roadster is a very high, I would imagine is a very high priority ticket item for them. And uh, if they're building, putting all the effort, it would, I would imagine it would require to build a semi. Uh, maybe maybe I'm overestimating this, but like semis are very complicated vehicles. They're not, uh, you know, just an engine on a frame, you know, per se. Like there's a lot of engineering that goes into uh, semi tractors, and so um, if you think about it, that's how many vehicles is that the Tesla has? So they have Model S, Model X, um, Model Three, and the new Roadster and the semi, and potentially this uh, Model Y thing that they're. I, I assume they're working on, they'd have to be in order to, you know, even come close. So that's, uh, that's like what, five models that they're working on. And, uh, that's not just like design and stuff. Like there's engineering and prototyping and all that stuff. So what if back to the tinfoil cap side of things, what if, uh, Tesla had, you know, was kind of just planning to acquire this Nikola motor company, um, like, you know, from the get-go, right? Like, the the tractors look so similar that that would be, that's that's what I would do. If I was if I was Tesla, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, there's this company over here that's basically doing exactly what we want to do. We could buy them for XYZ dollars, and, uh, you know, maybe they could buy them for $10 billion. I don't know. Um, and they'd basically have a semi-truck product for, you know, product line for $10 billion. Um, that would be a, uh, I, I think, I, I honestly, even still, like, regardless of the lawsuit thing, I think it would be a smart move. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm not sure, not sure what's going to happen there. Um, but, yeah, also could talk about some YouTube peeps a little bit in, uh, in Chevy. Um, so... There is a guy on YouTube that I watch um, sometimes called uh, Street Speed 717, and I believe his name is Mike, and he has a, uh, a ZR1, and he's getting, he's, so, well, okay, let's, let's back this up a little bit. He has a, uh, a little Volkswagen Corrado, he has a, uh, he did have a, um, like, I'm probably going to mess this up, but I think it was like a C4 Corvette. And he had a C7 Corvette, which is super fast. He's put a lot of money into the engine on that um, on that Corvette. Then he has a McLaren 570S. He has a Duramax, um, uh, I think it's a 2500 truck, diesel truck. And then now he also has a ZR1. And he's going to potentially get rid of that ZR1 and get a ZR1 ZDK. Um... So yeah, he's, uh, YouTube, he's done well, he's put a lot of work into it, and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's having a good time. But the, uh, the interesting thing I thought, too, is that there's still a lot of interesting, like, rumors floating around about the mid-engine Corvette. Okay, sorry, I was calling it wrong. It's the ZTK, uh, Aerodynamics Track Sport Package, or whatever, um, but yeah, he, um, 
he he just loves you know loves his GM stuff and loves Corvettes. Which some of these newer Corvettes, I really don't blame him. But uh, the ZTK Track Performance Package comes with uh, a, a stanchion mounted adjustable carbon fiber wing, high wing, um, which he has. He he puts wings on things. Uh, not gonna you know make any stereotype judgment calls there, but he he does have wings on a lot of his vehicles. Um, he the the um, ZTK package also comes with Michelin Pilot Sport Cup two um, summer only tires and uh, some special shocks and uh, a new splitter. Um, yeah, comes with some cool stuff and the. The cost for that package is like $3,000. Also, allegedly, the new ZR1 can do 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds. So, like, if you go on and the configurator, which I'm on the configurator for the Corvette right now, which also, by the way, I hate Chevy's configurators. It's Anyway, that's a side note, but software, software engineering reviews of car configurators. But um, <clears throat> I have here a... Um, a 2019 Corvette ZR1 rear-wheel drive coupe, the 3ZR package, which is um, basically like one step up from your base ZR1. And then I added the ZTK package, which is an extra three grand. Um, there's another package here, the ZR1 Sebring Orange Design package, which doesn't sound fast to me, so I'm skipping that one. Um, and then if you leave everything else more or less standard, you're looking at a $136,000 car. Um, which it's, that's a lot of money, but if you think about the performance capability of this car versus like, like, I can't even think of another, like, um, like a foreign supercar that's in that price range right now. Like the, uh, Aston Martin Vantage, you know, is, uh, 30, 40, $50,000 more, um, depending on how you spec it out, I guess a Porsche maybe, like, maybe you could get, um, a 911, or maybe an AMG GT, or something like that, um, really, really based, spec'd out, but, you know, you get a moderately high, spec'd out Corvette, that can do 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds, and, uh, you know, for $136,000, that's, especially to the new interiors, that's uh, the interiors on Chevy stuff is something I've been critical of for a long time, but the new the new stuff in the last uh, the last like two years has been really um, really nice and like really high quality. Like even this, so you know this is a full inside is full carbon fiber everywhere. Um, usually those packages are a few thousand dollars more, so I mean it's really not. I mean the only thing I could come back to critique critique the Corvette on which is not really, I mean, I'm just doing it to look for something really is, um, like the outside is very conspicuous. Like this is not, you know, it's like bright orange, <laughs> the one I have here, uh, giant wing on the back and, uh, carbon fiber everywhere. Like this is not a, an inconspicuous, you know, kind of a supercar. So, um, and it does look, there's like, there's, angles and vents and stuff everywhere like this is approaching the hot wheels car looking uh kind of thing which um you know that's that that works for a lot of people um personally as far as like looks uh i really like there's a lot of things that i like a lot better um 
the I, I do like the AMG GT a lot. Um, that is a very gorgeous look and gorgeous sounding car too, and also like really nice for trips. Like this ZR1, like I would not. I live uh, like a hundred and some miles, hundred and ten maybe miles from uh, Lake Michigan. And I would not want to drive this ZR1 from my house to Lake Michigan, but a you know a Mercedes AMG GT, no problem. I would have no problem doing that. Um, but yeah, another thing too, um, the uh, a dealership by us, which I'm hoping that we can do an interview with this week. Um, they have a 2018 Mustang GT uh, Performance Pack Level Two. And that is, uh, that is pretty serious. Um, and quite, I know this is not really apples to apples, but it comes with a lot more stuff than the, uh, the ZTK pack for the Corvette, which I found to be kind of interesting, which, you know, granted the, the Corvette already comes with a lot, um, obviously. And I think the ZR1 is still like all carbon fiber like the body and stuff I think is carbon fiber which that's another thing too like you're getting a a carbon fiber you know VX supercar more or less I don't I still find it weird to call the uh the Corvette a supercar but it's not you know it's not in the same class as you know a lot of other things like the you know sports cars Camaros and you know Mustangs and stuff so I'm not really sure the the best way to uh to put that, but the, um, let's see. So for, uh, for the Mustang though, the base performance package is $4,000. Um, and with that, you get a laundry list of things. Um, some of the stuff obviously not needed on a Corvette due to the design and stuff. Um, but, and some of it's like interior trim, trimmy kind of stuff, but you get brace, you get, uh, a K brace, heavy duty front springs, a bigger radiator, um, a, like a small kind of rear wing. Um, let's see. Oh, you get, uh, better axle gearing. So you get three, seven threes, um, which I'm not sure what it comes with stock. I think it might be three, three ones or something. Um, allegedly unique chassis tuning and, uh, like different stability control tuning and a bigger sway bar. So that's the level one performance pack on the Ford Mustang GT. Um, for the level two, which is the one the dealer has up here, it gets a lot more serious. Um, this In this one you get, uh, well actually in the last one you do get upgraded tires, um, but it just says summer only tires. Oh, you get six piston uh, brake calipers too on the first level of performance package. On the second level performance package, you get Sport Cup Pilot 2s, or Pilot Sport Cup 2 Michelin tires. Um, maybe, I guess, I'm not sure. It says Brembo 6-piston front brake calipers, but that I don't know if that's bigger than the ones in the package one. Um, it's probably the same, I guess. You also get the MagnaRide dampening system um, and some more bracing uh and this may actually only be available on the manual version. I'm not sure. Because uh, in the previous one, it said that there, you know, there's different kind of different setups for the manual versus automatic. And this one just has one setup for everything. But, but yeah. And uh, 
the GT Performance Package Level One is four grand, and then the Level Two is sixty five hundred. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Looking at that vehicle in person, you can definitely tell it's different from a normal GT uh, Mustang GT. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> kind of rambling on there about cars. Um, which I guess that's what this whole podcast is about, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, but yeah, but I can give a little bit of an Alcan update. Um, let's see, Mike it got back from Columbia yesterday. And also, too, like, just to I don't know if we've talked about this much on the podcast, but I can kind of describe the relationship we have here. So um, Mike and I went to school together, went to college together. Uh, that's where we met, and we basically, you know, we met in college, and after a few months, like, we were driving around and, like, looking at car parts together and, uh, like, you know, going on these little mini adventures or whatever, picking up cars and stuff, um, and so, you know, we just kind of stayed in touch, you know, after that, um, he was the, actually ended up being the best man in my wedding, and we are, uh, I don't know, we've done, like, weird random projects and stuff ever since but uh but yeah so mike has (laughs) so originally uh so mike mike does all the car rebuilding so he does you know he's rebuilt several man i don't even know how many actually now that i think about it he's rebuilt several i want to go into a dozen and say maybe maybe he's done a dozen but i'm not sure um different hot rods or restorations or modifications whatever um you know, he likes, he's, he's kind of a, a unique individual. He daily drives, um, he had a 1965 Mustang and he daily drove that like for years, um, you know, back and forth to work, to wherever. Um, and yeah, so he, he likes carbureted engines over fuel injected. He's kind of, he's like one of those people. Right. Um, and so he goes and, you know, this, the Alcan vehicle, we are, uh, basically like I'm helping with the technology side and like mapping and different things. And he's building, um, building the truck. Uh, so he's doing all of the, basically all the heavy lifting. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he supplied the truck. That's actually a truck he got, I think five years ago. Um, and it's been kind of sitting as a project that was like a to do. And, uh, you know, we did have another car for the Alcan that was pretty much ready to go. He had a uh, Torino GT, which was ready to go, but um, he ended up selling that uh, to a friend of his, and then we had to start from scratch. So we, uh, so yeah, basically he's working on the truck in Detroit, and I am in uh, Owasso, Michigan, just trying to, you know, more or less be supportive and uh, figure out, you know, other things to take off his plate so he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, cause we do have a whole navigation side of the rally. We have, uh, you know, basically we're, we're driving it from Detroit to Washington. So we kind of have to figure out, uh, you know, support and, you know, supply and everything, logistics for, uh, for that trip. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, kind of a short story about the, uh, the relationship and stuff of me and Mike. So he's putting in. 99% of the effort, and then I'm just kind of along for the ride. Um, but yeah, we're back to, uh, you know, progress. I think he has, he um, the last thing that we were running into 
was uh, brakes. The brake master cylinder was not quite uh, working as expected. And by working as expected, I mean there was no brakes. So uh, he has a few things he wanted to try with that to see if he couldn't get it working again. And then I think he has a backup one or you know, we can get another one or whatever. Um, but I think that's what he's working on this week. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the progress. Once we have brakes, uh, he's also... Oh, actually, there's another update too. He did say that the interior leather was done. So, and by done, I mean the, uh, the upholsterer has, you know, the pieces together and... Um, possibly the the seat recovered, but it's not in the in the truck yet. So, um, so yeah, we're getting closer. Hopefully, this next couple weeks, we might have some serious progress on the truck, getting it you know together and drivable on the road. So, so yeah, that pretty much does it for right now. Um, um, hopefully, I'll get my act together this week, and we will get the gang back together for another podcast and they can make fun of me for this one, which is totally fine. Um, yeah, until then stay tuned and thanks for listening and thanks for putting up with me trying and my cat in the background scratching at the wall. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to do something here. Hey, Hey, you're almost as bad as Daisy. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe, leave us a review, and share if you're uh, if you know anybody that likes car stuff and is interested in what we're doing.